Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Campus Waterfowl Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Christians. Uh, today's guest is Ethan Gooch, who you may know, better know him as Gucci TV on YouTube. But uh, today, I'm excited for this episode just because this is actually Ethan and I's first time having a conversation other than a few Instagram DMs that we've had uh, these last couple years. So um, on this episode, we'll get a chance to get to know Ethan a little bit better, his experiences at Truman State University, uh, how he got into making YouTube videos, and then if we got some time at the end, hopefully we can touch on some of the gear he's using this fall. Um, and then also, if if you're someone that's thinking about starting a YouTube channel or you do currently have a YouTube channel, um, for him to maybe give you some advice about uh, best way to, to grow your channel. But other than that, let's get this episode on the road. So Ethan, how's it going today? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk to you, too. I'm interested in what, what all you guys do. I know we've talked a little bit about it, but... Yeah, no, I, I, podcast is like a great way just to get to know someone, I think. Absolutely. So, but, so what have you been up to this fall so far? It's early, what are we, it's early September we're recording this. Yeah, um, I've been coyote hunting a lot, honestly. Um, obviously I go, I go to school at Truman State University. So that's where I go to college. I'm a senior. Um, I study ag science with a minor in business. So, um, been pretty busy with school since the middle of August, but, um, outside of school, um, just been doing a lot of hunting obviously and, and videoing. Um, but lately, um, I've been cow hunting a lot. I went to Arkansas, uh, with a guy I kind of knew. Um, through mutual friends and he kind of showed me how to call coyotes in and stuff and um, just been having a ton of fun with that our teal season actually opens this weekend um, we've traveled um, to Iowa a couple times to teal hunt but um, waterfowl doesn't get started down here until really this weekend so haven't done a whole lot of waterfowl hunting but I'm looking forward to it here in the coming weeks you guys were you guys I think I saw on your Instagram story were you guys up in Iowa you said yeah how'd that yep. go it was good um we killed uh 11 i think so it was pretty good we uh found a pocket of teal the day before and ended up killing a few so um it was definitely all right it could have been a lot better there's been um it seems like a lot of people having success with the teal um especially around here um it, they're kind of usually pretty hit or miss but um, it's been cooler here the last week than it normally is, so I think there's been quite a quite a few push down. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this weekend for sure. So, and when you say here, like describe for the listeners where you're actually at in the U.S. Uh, in the yeah. part of Missouri. Yeah, so I'm I'm from Missouri, um, and uh, I mean, I don't mind sharing. I'm from Kirksville, Missouri. Uh, that's where I go to school too. That's where Truman State University is. Um, so I was born in Kirksville, live in Kirksville. It's in the northeast corner of Missouri. Um, people say the northeast corner. It's really in like the north central part of Missouri, um, about 40 miles south of the Iowa border. So we do hunt in Iowa quite a bit. Um, and then we hunt northern Missouri, obviously, quite a bit, too. So nice. I always get a lot of people asking about uh, like they follow Campus Waterfall just because they're so interested in seeing like different parts where students are from and, and like what they're killing and how the hunting is in those areas. So when I always ask uh, guests to describe where they're at, just so then people get a context of where they're at. So yeah, that. absolutely. I think that's one of the cooler things about um, 
what you guys do and just like getting to know people um, in the industry because I remember probably five years ago when I really got into waterfowl hunting and I, I didn't have Facebook or anything. So the only way like I could really track the migration was from the Ducks Unlimited migration reports. And then they have that like open forum, I guess you could look at. Um, but now that I like, I know a few people in different states and then like following you guys, um, following some other people on YouTube and stuff, you kind of get an idea of what's going on in different areas. So that's really cool. For sure. Yeah. 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 I try to keep the posts that we post and then even in the stories, at least somewhat relevant because I do know people. Yeah. Follow it for that reason to get an yeah. idea of where the birds are. So, but, but you mentioned, so you just got into uh, waterfowl hunting not too long ago. Can you, what was your upbringing into waterfowl then, or even into the outdoors? Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're, you're right. I've only waterfowl hunted since I was probably 14. I say only I waterfowl hunted some as a kid. Uh, my dad and grandpa always had a duck blind. We might go out five times a year, but it was never anything we really did any with any consistency. Um, and then I met my buddy Tanner, who I live with now. He helps um, with a lot of the videos and him and his dad waterfowl hunt a lot. Um, so I met them when I was 14. So I guess that was seven years ago and kind of just fell in love with it. I'd always deer hunted. Um, my family's always had um, some ground. I'd, I'd always deer hunted quite a bit, um, but then I got into waterfowl hunting uh, just a lot. I, I like waterfowl hunting the best by far of any hunting I do. Um, so then I just started going with um, his dad and him, and then uh, we had some other buddies that were into it and uh, kind of just went from there uh, right after um, when I was 14, obviously I started being able to drive and that's when I, we really started getting into it, it was when we could drive, go find our own birds. Um, you know, met some people around that we could hunt with. And, um, so yeah, it's been a relatively new thing. I'm certainly, um, still learning, um, things, you know, to this day, but, uh, it's been fun and it's, it's definitely the reason I liked it at the beginning was because there was no one, um, I guess in my family or my friends that had ever really done it before. So every time I went was kind of like a new experience. Um, they, you know, there weren't very many people that, um, had much experience, so we could go out and try something. If it didn't work, we'd try something else. So that's kind of the story of how I got started into it. And then, um, it's just kind of turned more into videoing, I guess now, um, which I really enjoy too. So, awesome. what was that transition like from high school to uh, then college at to Truman State? Did you have a lot of buddies going to Truman State already, or was that a new area to you, or or did you kind of grow up in that same area? Yeah, so I grew up basically. I mean, same exact area. Same area. Okay. Um, yeah, and then um, so you had see. all those play, some of those fields scouted already, and yeah, you know how to, that area pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. That was like, I mean, I wouldn't say it was a driving factor of like why I went to Truman, but it was definitely a plus. Um, I was going to play college football and that's when I kind of first started really videoing my hunts um, was my senior year of high school. And I was just like, I don't think I want to play football. I just want to be able to hunt. And yeah, my dad, um, my dad's a dentist. So he um, just knows a lot of people around town. And then um, my, like my grandpa, my dad, um, and then obviously me have grown up and lived here our whole lives. So we just knew a lot of people and that's what I was kind of talking about. Like when we had a car, 
when I first got a car, I was able to drive around and, you know, get permission to stuff and, um, you know, find people that my dad knew um, that I could get permission to. So it's been awesome now because um, the two buddies that I help uh, that help with the videos um, and have lived with me, um, they both go to school uh, here or within an hour of here. So we've kind of just built a little, um, you know, we've built relationships with people and um, have the ability to hunt on quite a bit more ground than we used to be able to, which is awesome. And is that area where you're at, is that, are, you're able to go up to a farmer's door and ask for permission or is it a lot of lease land in that area? Yeah, uh, that's interesting. I would say that the majority of leased ground is deer hunting. Uh, there, there are some uh, waterfowl leases, but there's not a ton. Um, it's, I wouldn't say you could just come and get permission. Um, all the permission really we have, we know somebody. I mean, there's three or four of us um, that all hunt together. And all of our families are from here. So most of the people we know, but there are times that we just go up and knock on somebody's door randomly and can get permission. And I, I wouldn't say that would, you know, that that's uncommon or couldn't be done. So it's, it's kind of nice because we have, um, you know, the ground we hunt, the people we know, but it's also not impossible to go ask and, you know, get permission to something that you've never been on before. So I know there's some areas you definitely can't do that in and, we're lucky that you can do that here. Yeah. And I've heard Missouri, they have a good uh, public land program too, don't they? Do you guys have a lot of yeah. access there? Yeah. They have a really nice. good public land program. Yeah. So I'm looking at your YouTube channel right now. Every time I go on here, it's something different of what, what you're doing from, yeah, trapping beavers to, yeah, you, obviously you got all the waterfowl hunts. You got crow hunting, you got catfish, spoonbill snagging, like anything and everything. Of all of the things that you've done on your YouTube channel, what is what's something that's the most memorable? That could... Yeah, I would say the most memorable is probably the snow goose hunt in Arkansas. Um, it was like the Max Prairie Wings Championships. Um, and something that was just like so cool that how it happened. I had gotten done with the hunting public and I've always wanted to go to Arkansas to film a speckle belly and snow goose hunt. And so I literally just posted on my Instagram story with a black screen. Is there anyone that I can come film in Arkansas? Um, speckle belly and snow goose hunting. Like I got the, I got the weekend off. I'll, I'll drive down there and film, you know, if you, if you want some promo stuff or what, whatever it takes, like I'll come down there. I just want to film. I won't shoot. And, uh, some guy DM'd me on Instagram and like, sure enough, I went down there, speckle belly and snow goose hunted and we got some good video. And then, they invited me down to film the competition. We came down and I filmed the competition the next weekend and it's like 10 hours down there. So I was pretty tired. Uh, and then we, they ended up killing 473 snow geese in that video in like seven hours. And then, uh, now I've just become really good friends with those guys. They run a, uh, they run a guide service down there in Arkansas called wild goose chase. Um, I actually run all their social media now and uh, I'm planning on being down there for like all of Christmas break to, to film them and help with their social media. So it's crazy how stuff like that can happen. That's what I'm talking about. Like the connections through social media and stuff, all that, like all of that started with just a stupid Instagram story asking if I could go down to Arkansas to film somebody's back belly and snow goose hunt. 
and now I'm involved with them quite a bit. So yeah, it's yeah, crazy it's cool. how things just can come up like that. I yeah. had kind of instances like that happens. You just shake your head of yeah. Now we're here, present yeah, day, it's doing crazy. all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely crazy, and that's yeah. why I, I, I mean, we will obviously get into it a little bit more later, but. You know, something I would I would say to people that are starting a YouTube channel or wanting to video stuff or even if, you know, you're not interested in videoing, but you just want experiences like you got to ask. And then if someone is willing, like take them up on that offer. I, I I'd never met these people. I'm not advocating for traveling 10 hours for people you've never met, but I've never met these guys and just went down there and, you know, kind of like you're talking about it just snowballs into something you would never expect. And, um, I would say it's definitely something that has helped me in the long run is just, um, you know, kind of like you're talking about the diversity of stuff. I post a lot of that stuff. I mean, we do a lot of that stuff ourselves, but the other stuff, you know, there, there's people who are just like, Hey, you should come do this. And, and we go and do it with them. So you can get some really cool experiences by just taking people up on things they invite you to. Is that, I gotta ask you, uh, is that how that mountain lion hunt went to on your channel? yeah so that that was another crazy one i couldn't believe yeah so like yeah i i forgot about that but um yeah just one of our we knew the guy um he he's actually a good friend of uh my dad's and uh we've hunted with him quite a bit but yeah he uh just does research stuff for the university of kansas and uh he asked if he wanted they he wanted to get a specimen for their university so he asked if we would go out there and film him and uh, my buddy just took four days off school and went out there and filmed them. So, yeah, stuff like that, just like you never have the opportunity to do yourself. And um, we've been lucky enough to have people ask if we'd come film them and we go out there and do it. So later on this podcast, I'm going to make people listen all the way through, but I'm going to make sure to ask to see if there's anything planned for this fall. All uh, right. That, that crazy hunts like that. So, yeah, guys got to listen all the way through if you're if you want to hear what he says. So. <laughs> Uh, but even so what even made you pick up a camera in the first place yeah i've been asked that quite a bit i don't necessarily really know um (laughs) i wasn't like i I certainly wasn't like proficient really at hunting um enough to where i was like oh i need an added challenge i've just always really uh enjoyed uh taking videos and looking back on what i like what i had done um, my dad used to drop me. I got, I got my first camera as soon as I got my hunter safety, um, card or whatever that requirement was when I was 14. And my dad used to drop me off. And I remember, um, like coming back to the car and wanting to tell him, like I did tell him what, what had happened, but wanting him like to show him what had happened. And so that's kind of how it started. Um, people would just ask me, Oh, how was this? Or, and I wanted to be able to show them. So um, my mom had a real cheap camera and I just started filming on that. And then I bought two cameras off Facebook Marketplace uh, when I was 16. And then um, right as I graduated uh, high school, I got a really nice camera um, or uh, certainly way nicer than the cameras I had had. So I don't really know how it started. Um, I, to this day, I, I like filming as much as I like to hunt. In fact, Really, I would probably, if I had to choose one, I'd probably choose just to film uh, the majority of the time. Uh, I like to shoot, obviously, some, but I don't know. I just like putting a story together and showing people um, what hunting is really like. 
So did you, did you start with photos and then go to video or have you always been video? I've always been video. I've never, um, never really gotten into the, the photos or anything like that. I, I mean, I take some photos here and there, but I've always videoed. Yeah. That's the other weird thing. I've never really had a passion for taking pictures or anything like that. Um, I certainly do take some, but I don't know. I just like the videoing and I like the creative process of, you know, like telling the story throughout the hunt. So, and what, ab- and what about the story, like putting together a story do you enjoy most? Yeah, that's a good, I mean, that's a good question. Um, I would say my time with the hunting public kind of greatly, um, influenced that when I was just doing it myself, I didn't really have an idea of like the story I wanted to tell. I didn't really know how, how to do that. And a lot of times there's, I'm not like going into a hunt, you know, trying to get a a certain story out of it or, or whatnot, but now I can, uh, kind of predict like what shots I need. I can predict what, what things like I'm going to include in the video. And after you do it quite a bit, uh, you start to think about like the hunt in real time while you're like, like you're editing it. And I know that may not make sense to people who haven't been around video a whole lot, but that's what I like is just like watching stuff real time and just thinking about, wow, like this will look really cool or, um, okay, we just, you know, we just shot into a group of geese. How can I make the next 30 seconds of the video look cool in the field until we get to the next group of geese? And that's what I, I, I just like making good videos, I guess. And I, I'm not all the way there yet, but I just enjoy that. And when, so then when did your experience with, uh, the hunt in public come about in your like video making, uh, career? <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't really have a whole, I mean, I had, I filmed most of my hunts, but I, I didn't have like an established YouTube channel or anything. I think I had like 250 subscribers and that was, let's see, that was the, uh, like winter break of my sophomore year. And that was when I really started videoing like everything, um, every waterfowl hunt, I pretty much just lot put my gun in the safe and was just like i'm gonna video this and kind of see where it goes and then i came home one day and my roommate was like hey like i'm we always watch the hunting public videos every night and he was like hey they're they're looking for interns and i was like what the heck so the night we watched that video i i stayed up till two in the morning and and submitted my application and then um ted and aaron called me the next day like the second day the application was open so um yeah, I don't, I, I don't really, that's another one of those things. It's like, I don't know how that happened or why that happened, but it was like super cool. And I'm super appreciative because I certainly wouldn't be where I am today without like the help of those guys and the internship process. Just a couple of Red Bulls to get through the, through the night, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Awesome. So you mentioned that you, you'd rather take out your camera to the field, uh, what makes you want to pick up the camera every time rather than the gun? It's interesting now um, because I think my my idea of why I do it now is different. Um, it used to be because I just wanted to be able to show people that didn't know what hunting was about. Like I wanted to show them what it was like or I wanted to show my buddies. Now it's different. Um, I don't know if for better or for worse, but I kind of feel like you know, I've got people that are invested in the videos, whether it's 500 people or 5,000 people, I'm not 
sure exactly that number, but there are people that like genuinely enjoy watching us hunt, which is crazy. And I just, I don't know. I, I like, I like the thought of somebody getting enjoyment out of us hunting. I see the like enjoyment in my buddies. Like when we go hunting, that's one of my favorite parts is just like after a good hunt, how happy everyone is. But, um, you know, being able to not only like please the people that I'm hunting with, but also like the viewers is something that I take really seriously and something that I, I have a lot of fun with. And if, you know, there's ever a time that, um, I don't feel like I, I do as good of a job or something like that. Like it's something that I'm constantly thinking about when I'm behind the camera, cause I want people to enjoy the videos. So that's probably the main reason I do it now is just like, there's people that watch it. There's people that enjoy it. There's people that can learn from it. And, uh, yeah, I just like that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's, I'm kind of in the same boat with you there. Uh where you want to make a good product at the end for people to enjoy and and for me it's i when i always i always try to work things backwards a lot of the times and so the people i want to please the most are the people in the video uh that way they have something for keepsake for right for years to come and so it's like i think of it it's my responsibility to make a good video for these guys that i'm on this hunt with and then the people that like for our tour, the people that go to that college, I want to represent this area in a in a good way. That way, other people can see and how it, much these people enjoy hunting this area. And then, obviously, the viewers you want them to enjoy it as well. So, yeah, rather rather than me worrying about how many followers or anything like that, I always, I always like to to break things down. So yeah, that's exactly right. And um, you may be the same way, but. Like uh, one of the main reasons now, I guess I didn't mention this earlier, but like looking back, my my buddy, one of the guys that helps me, he like constantly watches our old videos and I rarely watch them. But the other night we were sitting on the couch and I was watching them and it's only been like nine months really since we started making videos. But it's so cool to go back and watch those hunts because I can only remember like three parts of the hunt. Like sometimes we'll be talking on a on a hunt and talking about a past hunt. And there might be three things that are like memorable brought up. But then if I watch the video, there's like a whole slew of things that happened that are so cool to go back and look on. So really for anything, I mean, that's what I always tell my buddies. It's like, I don't know if we're going to be able to do this full time someday, but I can tell you, like, I'll probably show my kids these videos and I'll probably, you know, if people ask what I do, I'll probably show them uh, the videos. And that's, that's just as cool as anything is having like those memories um, in a place that they're not ever going to be taken away from you, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. For keepsake for yourself. That's if I've mentioned this in, in another episode too, but if you just think of, imagine today, if you were able to watch a video of like your grandparents, uh, great grandparents on a hunt, in high quality HD, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Like good odd, like high quality audio and everything. It's like that's what we're able to create now and be able to use and share with for generations. Like it's it's theirs. You, and you, I always joke, you just don't lose the file. So, right. <laughs> or, don't guess, it. Yeah, don't delete it or just leave it on YouTube and hope that Google doesn't. Uh, that's right. Fall out somewhere, but yeah, it's just cool regardless whether if you're a fancy editor making these big cinematic films or or whatever you're making uh just point with a phone and doing 
just yeah point and shoot stuff it all plays a role and you'll be able to look back on it forever so that's awesome so um what about so let's let's touch on some of your camera gear um where did you what did you start out on i started on like a canon rebel like t3 or something it was like a it's like a dslr basically um but just like i don't know i always tell people if like if your mom got a camera for christmas that's what i started on like it it was pretty nice i'm sure it was like three or four or five hundred bucks but it was certainly not made for video it was made for taking pictures of your son at the sports events or something and i quickly decided that that was not what i what i needed so i got some cheap camcorder off facebook for like 600 bucks i think and i don't even really remember what it was um but then my second camera the one i got when i graduated high school was a panasonic fz1000 which is like a mirrorless camera and it was really nice because I can take pictures and videos and it's only like 700 or 800 bucks. And I used that for like four, three or four years until I went with the hunting public and got the cameras I have now. So, so they, did they, cause you, did you use their cameras? Did they have cameras for you? Yes, that is did. correct. I and used so you, their cameras um, for the majority of the time I was there. However, about halfway through, I decided I wanted to start my own YouTube channel, so I bought a camera that was just like theirs and started using my own, so I kind of had an idea of how to run it, and if I ran into any problems, I could ask them what was going on. I've watched some of their like gear breakdowns or camera breakdowns. I think they have a couple of them on their channel, but they, they use camcorders a lot for a lot of their hunts. Is that kind of the route you went as well? Yep, that is correct. Um, and that's uh, one thing, one, I would say one common misconception with people who want to get into filming. They want to buy like something to take pictures and videos, and you certainly can, um, but it's just, it seems a lot, like I was very overwhelmed when I got my first camera that was meant for pictures and videos and trying to get it set up and then running it in manual. The camcorders are as easy as they come. You can, I mean, you can take pictures on them, I, I guess, but... It's just push the record button, zoom in, roll your focus. It's pretty easy. And that was the thing that kind of took my videoing to the next level, I guess, was when I was with them. I didn't have to worry about the camera at all. I could just sit behind the camera and I could record what I wanted to record. I wasn't fumbling with the camera. I wasn't worried if I was in picture mode when I need to be in video mode. I could just record. So yeah, I, I, I personally have always now always recorded all my hunts off camcorders until now and i just ordered a, a super nice uh mirrorless camera a sony a7s3 um spent all the money i made this summer to buy it um and it's gonna be here hopefully within in the next month or so so i'm gonna transition to using a mirrorless on a lot of my hunts but that comes after a couple years of experience and knowing some people that have that same camera that can give me some tips. Yeah. And I think with those, and that's, I tell people too now, like after watching some of the hunting public gear 
stuff. It's like a camcorder is a great option if you're going to be doing video because then you're not even fumbling with like all buying different lenses and spending Absolutely. all that kind of money. You can just yeah. focus on yeah, just shooting and then making sure you got you get a good shot because the autofocus in those are just as good as the DSLRs. And yeah, yeah you're not fumbling. The, um, there's in-body stabilization in some in some of those ones. So yeah, that's the main thing I was going to say. Um, two things, the image stabilization in the cam, like in the, uh, camcorders are awesome. And there are, I mean, some of the more expensive, uh, mirrorless cameras have them in it. The, the one I bought has it in it, but, um, you know, like, especially with larva hunting, when you're trying to aim at a moving target, like the last thing somebody wants to see is something just like shaking around all the time. So that's what the reason I love a camcorder. The other thing I love about them is Seriously, I never spent more than $1,000 on a camcorder, and that was all I ever needed. I see a lot of people get into filming like with a mirrorless camera or with a DSLR, and they get one lens, and then they want another lens, and the lens is 600 bucks. Then they buy that lens. They're not happy with it. They want another lens. It's just a good way to start. Just get you – I mean, I, I always tell people um, – I've got a Canon camcorder. I sent him. I don't remember the the model, but it's like nine hundred bucks, and it will do ninety nine percent of everything that a three thousand dollar camera will do. And then you've got it, and you're ready to go. But um, I, it's a common misconception. I think people want to get a really expensive camera, and you just you don't need them. I always say because like even the way tech is going, and, and if you know like how spe all the camera specs and how to interpret all that that kind of stuff i always say as long as you can get something that's like 4k third 4k 30 if and this is if you're planning to like today and you plan on say and this is just strictly video doing video for the next i'd say five six years i'd say you're good with 4k 30 like, i would completely agree with you yeah, 4k that's... 4k 30 1080 maybe depending on what the kind of footage that you're getting if you're if you want 1080 120 if you're doing if you're working with like fast motion stuff and you want to slow it down like look at that but even 1080 at 60s is enough to do your to get you started and in a 1080 60 camera and 4k that's still gonna only run you about 750 if that yeah yeah that's right so, that's the same thing i tell people but uh, do you think that camcorder, like, yeah, you took that step up now to that, that DSLR, not step up, but like transition to a DSLR. Um, what kind of helped you, what did you all learn in that time of when having the camcorder and how long did you have that camcorder again? Yeah. So I've had that camcorder for almost a year now. I bought it like a month into my internship. So okay. right about now. Um, and I, the things I learned with the hunting public was crazy and it's different cause it's deer hunting, but it's, it's the same at the same time. I, they record so much more than you see. Um, not that they cut a bunch of stuff out, um, because it's bad. They just, they record so much stuff. Like that was the thing I was astonished by when I'd always filmed my hunts. I'd never, I'd never recorded that much. I'd get home and there'd be 10 minutes of footage and I'd be like, by the time I got done cutting everything out, it was a five minute video. So that was the biggest thing I probably learned was just like Aaron used to always tell me like, when in doubt, be recording because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, with waterfowl, it's a little bit easier because you can hear them and you can usually see them before they come. But 
like with deer, we never knew when they were going to come. So um, we recorded a lot. And then I'd say the second thing you just learned with the, with the camcorder is how to record your hunts and not spend a bunch of money um, and whether or not you like it. That's the biggest thing. Um, There's been a lot of things I've gotten into and spent a bunch of money to get started with doing just to realize I didn't like it. So um, that's kind of why I went that route was, okay, well, if I don't like this, I'm not out a bunch of money. I can sell my camera. Um, but a lot of the people that are getting into video and, um, you know, they don't have $3,000 to spend. And if they do have $3,000 to spend, maybe they shouldn't be spending that money there. So really the most important lesson I think I learned, obviously I learned how to film a hunt and how to, you know, make it look decent. But the most important thing I think I learned was that I wanted to do it and wanted to take the step up to the next, you know, to something that might produce a little bit higher image quality. And what are the specs, or I should ask, yeah, what are the specs on your body that you have now? And then kind of kind of break down the body that you have now just because now that you are and you know that you're invested into this hobby. Yeah, so um, I don't know all the specs, but my camera, my camcorder now, it'll shoot 4K60. That's the reason I got it. So um, I can slow down 4K shots some. Um, which is nice. That's the reason I got the camcorder was I wanted to be able to slow things down some. But the new um, DSLR I got, it'll shoot 4K 120 with audio. So that's crazy. Um, And then it'll shoot 1080 240. So you can get, like, you can film stuff so slow. I mean, you can make time, like one second of filming will be, I don't even know what that would equate to, but it'd be like 10 seconds of playback speed. So you can slow stuff down crazy on this new camera. Um, then the most, the reason I mostly wanted to is just the sensor is a lot better than the, the camcorder. And you will notice that um, for those that watch the hunting public, if you kind of want to know the difference between what a camcorder looks like and what an SLR looks like, if you watch one of Greg's hunts, he films a lot of stuff on an SLR. Um, so the image quality is just, I can notice it quite a bit, but it's a little bit higher than a camcorder. So I don't even know how to describe that, but it just looks better. The colors are better. It's a little bit crisper. And then the main thing I got it for was the low light. Um, you can bump the um, ISO on this mirrorless camera to like 30 or 40,000 without much blur. And so, you know, those critical first light groups or the deer you shoot right at shooting time or, you know, interviews when it's getting dark, anything like that are is going to be really a lot easier than it's going to be with the camcorder. One thing that's kind of my pet peeve, which it shouldn't be, but I hate having to turn a light on to film something that is meant to be low light, like getting stuff out of the trailer trailers or setting up blinds or stuff like that. Like I would like to keep the, the video as realistic as the hunt. And I wasn't able to do that on my camcorder. So really the low light and then just the, the slow motion with audio was probably the main reason I switched. Interesting. That's the first time I've ever heard someone say that about wanting to, wanting to have low light. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I don't know. I mean, I want the image quality to be good, but like, yeah. I don't know. It's so weird to me. Um, and I do it like I do it in all it, my yeah, videos. There's a reason there that I like yeah. it. Yeah. And it's like, so I don't know. It's just weird. It's weird for me to turn a flashlight on my buddy when I can see him in real life, you know? 
Like, yeah, I can't see them real well, but that's part of the hunt. And that's like, we ran into that a lot with the hunting public, like walking into a place and like it, we would have to turn a light on to do an interview. And the whole time we're walking in, like there's a story behind not being able to see very well or seeing a deer and just being able to see a silhouette. And I don't know. I just wanted to capture those moments as realistically as possible. So I don't know if it was worth what I spent for the camera, but um, I guess it'll appease me for the time being. And, and I think it'll give you opportunity to do other stuff to help pay back the camera, I'm sure. Absolutely. So. Yeah, that was the main, another main reason was I, I had a couple of friends ask me to film their weddings and uh, I just didn't, I mean, the camcorders just weren't cutting it as far as that went. So stuff like that. And then I'm running this social media account now for a guide service. So I need yep. something that could take really good pictures. And that's something I've kind of, run into and another thing that i would i would say for somebody that's starting out is there you can't be you can't be proficient at too many things um so i really am gonna force myself to start taking pictures while i'm hunting or um out scouting and trying to get you know social media as a whole relies on pictures so heavily and i just don't take that many pictures so um this mirrorless camera will definitely let me take some pictures that hopefully will be a little higher quality you're a jack of all trades and a master of none, right? <laughs> That's I, right. I think we all are. <laughs> yeah. All, all the waterfowl hunters are and guys that <laughs> run <have> cameras. <laughs> That's true. Uh. At least that's how we feel. So we may look like masters at something, but we're definitely not. We're definitely not. I don't know the, really the first thing about a camera besides that one might look better than the other. Do this. And the other one doesn't do that. I don't, I don't know a whole lot about it, really. <laughs> What about um, another thing I always bring up or talk with students about is just using their cell phones. Where do you think uh, cell phone technology is uh, in their cameras and then using their phones for making YouTube videos? I think it's great. I, I wish I would have done more with my phone. It's, it's stupid not to. Like, I kick myself all the time. Like, um, just like Instagram stories or um, Instagram reels or just like anything you can film with your phone and it is crazy like the new iphone i don't have the brand new iphone but the new iphone i don't know its camera looks better than a go i mean it looks better than a lot of the stuff i put out of the the uh camcorder and you can't zoom in a whole lot or anything like that but for interviews or for just like stuff that is wide angle in like n not even an iphone but any any newer phone will take tremendous video so I don't know. I, that's what I tell a lot of people too. And like, we were talking to some people yesterday that were asking me about cameras. And, um, one of my buddies just jokingly said, like, do you have an, like, do you have a phone? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, they're like, just use that for a little bit and see how you like it. And it's so true. I mean, it's better than my GoPro for sure. And I have the brand new GoPro and it's crazy to say that, but it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think it's just like what you mentioned earlier. It's like, it's a device that you could use to figure out if you like it or not. Like if you take your phone serious as a device that you can make videos with and then go in and whether you go on your computer to, to edit, or even there's uh, apps on your phone where you can edit videos. Like it just, that process of enjoying shooting, editing, and then posting, distributing, um, figuring out if you like it or not. Yeah. So, that that's what I, I tell people that all the time. Like just go film, film a couple haunts on your iphone and see if you like it like because it, it doesn't take but two or three times 
you know, usually people, like you said, are they either want to shoot or they're all right with not shooting. And they'll quickly find out, like, in the heat of the moment, are you going to keep recording or are you going to grab your gun? And, um, you know, it doesn't take long for you to figure that out. Or you just don't like editing or you don't like transferring stuff. But the main thing I love my phone for is I have a Mac computer and I have an iPhone. So I can take a video and then I can just Bluetooth airdrop it to my computer and it's there in like no time. I don't have to plug SD cards in. I don't have to do anything. So it's really fast and that's awesome. So I hate, I, I, I have a iPhone and like Mac and MacBook and stuff, but I hate doing like the airdrop stuff because like they just, just they're, they're crowding. They're just crowding like all my space on my devices. And so I like yeah. having the, the SD cards or like the external hard drives where it's like physically I am moving <laughs> one file to the other. Yeah. <laughs> or having, having a backup. <laughs> You definitely have to be careful about I've ran into the same thing. I've gotten so much stuff on my computer that it won't run the video and editing software. So I had to sit down for a couple hours the other day and just clear stuff off my phone. It was all airdrop files that were on my phone, on my computer, and then on my hard drive. And I was just like, this one video is taking up so much space it doesn't need to. So what do you use for your uh, video editing? I use Adobe Premiere. Uh, I don't know anything really about other video editors i know there are some free some free or cheaper ones that are perfectly fine will do everything you need but that's what i learned on when i was with the hunting public so that's just kind of what i've used but yeah adobe premiere is good if you are a student you can get a discount but i would never call it cheap i think it's like 15 dollars a month or 20 dollars a month and this is like what i always tell people is like okay, you buy a camera and then you start paying 20 bucks a month for your Adobe like uh, subscription. And like, there's just so many expenses that you don't realize you need. So just try it out until you <laughs> figure out you like it and then start buying that stuff or use it, use a free version or, or something or use iMovie or, you know, whatever you can do to save a little money until you decide you like it. Because there's a lot of stuff that's pretty expensive like this. I mean, the editing software is pretty expensive, I think. Yeah, I use Adobe as well. And, and I always tell people it's Google is your best friend. If, if you can't afford, if you don't afford, can't afford Adobe, like you use Google and try to find a free one. Like, yeah, like you said, iMovie or I don't even know what's on Windows anymore. It used to be yeah, Windows Movie Maker. That's yeah, what I that's used what to I use way it. back in the day. A long time was Movie Maker, but I have no idea what it is now. But um, I for Adobe, I I always see it as yeah. How how serious are you, do you want to take your the uh, the creative process? Because Adobe, I don't think it's gonna go anywhere anytime soon. And so if you learn that platform, or like if you got Final Cut, like it's an investment where you can learn the platform and then it'll be around for a long time. So yeah, I agree with that. Um, YouTube now, so what advice would you give to someone that has a channel or that might be that don't have too many subscribers and they're, and they're wanting to grow it or someone that's thinking about starting a YouTube channel? Yeah, this is a tough question. It's probably um, the most asked question you get. It definitely is. And I think we've talked about it a little bit, but I don't, it's the, the first thing I would just say is it's tough. Um, I don't like to scare people away. In fact, that's the, the, the thing I hate the most about like people talking about YouTube is how tough it is. But the, the thing I would tell people, and it's it's hard because I get wrapped up in it too, is like if your only reason you're doing it is to like gain subscribers or try to get a bunch of views on a video or something, like 
that's not going to sustain you. Um, I've done it. Like I've, I've been there where I've just been so concerned about how a video is doing or how my channel is doing. And it just like, it'll, it'll suck the life out of something you make. You might spend 20 hours making something and then it gets no views. And then another video you think is going to do horrible. will do great. So I don't know. That's what I would say first and foremost is just like, make sure the reason you're doing, you know, YouTube or making videos is because you want to make videos. Um, you know, the, the likelihood that, uh, any of us are going to be able to do it, you know, full time is, is slim. That's not to say it's not possible, but make sure you're doing it for the reasons you like to. Um, but the main thing on YouTube, um, I've talked to, to flair, obviously I've been with the hunting public guys, um, know the guys at the untamed. Um, I know I've luckily been in contact with a lot of the guys, um, that, that have pretty, um, big outdoor YouTube channels and uh, it all comes down to mostly just quality, consistent content. And I think that gets thrown around a lot and consistent might be something different for every person. But right now I'm posting three videos a week at a minimum and I'm trying to make sure most of them are pretty quality. Um, you can certainly get by without them being super quality. Um, I see a lot of people that just do like really basic vlog stuff and have, um, have good success. I've just never done that, but, um, consistency I think is, is the main thing, um, as far as growing a YouTube channel, at least it's, uh, what the, the bigger YouTube channels try to focus on is, you know, trying to stick to a schedule, trying to, um, hold yourself accountable for, you know, editing videos you have and then posting them on a regular basis. It's tough right now for me to get, I basically quit everything that I was involved with in school. Um, I quit um, a couple organizations I was a part of. I quit um, a Bible study I was a part of. Just quit a lot of stuff because uh, YouTube takes up like all my time outside of school. Um, so uh, I would just say like if it's something that you want to do, you I, I treat it like it's a job and um, I I post I try to post as much as I possibly can. And I post on a schedule. Um, I post Monday, Thursday, and then Sunday. So you can, you know, you can take it to whatever level you want to, but I would just say, you know, try to be, try to be entertaining, try to post quality content and then try to be consistent. It's the main thing um, is the things I've focused on. I, I a couple other things. Um, and I, I know that this has been brought up in, at least to me several times. Uh, is my time with the hunting public certainly really helped me. And that's something I would say is like the more people you can meet, the more people you can get involved with. If you've got a YouTube channel that you could collaborate with, um, if there's people on Instagram that would be interested in, um, you know, shouting you out or, you know, you can't ever make a connection. Um, that's a bad connection. You either find out you don't want to be involved with those people or you find out they're good people and they can help you. So, um, yeah, those are the main things I would say as far as YouTube goes. What about, it kind of you've already answered this question, but um, I, it's a question that kind of gets brought up here and there, but is it too late to start a YouTube channel? I would, I mean, I would say no. Uh, it's, it's tougher. Like, it's tougher now than it ever has been. Um, I personally think that there might be a different platform that comes um, about that's like YouTube or something different than YouTube, but, um, it's tough. I mean, I think, 
um, the amount of people that, you know, carry a camera to the field with them and the amount of people that are posting YouTube videos is way more than it ever has been, especially in the outdoor space. I mean, I've seen that even since um, I started, you know, three or four years ago. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's too late. Uh, I just think you, you need to have realistic expectations and understand what you're getting into before you, before you get there. Um, the other thing I would say too, and something I tell a lot of people, I don't personally do it a whole lot, but there are so many platforms. I mean, not so many, I guess there's three or four, but there's so many different avenues you can take video content or photography. Um, you know, Instagram is a great way to grow. TikTok is awesome. I, we had a TikTok, um, and I, we have like 30 or 40,000 people on TikTok. I don't know. My buddy runs it. I don't even have TikTok, but my buddy runs our TikTok and like he got a ton of followers pretty quick, just posting pretty basic content on TikTok. So I don't know. I, I, people, I think YouTube's kind of the main thing or the main place people see their videos, but I wouldn't limit, you know, if you're wanting to get into it, don't limit yourself to that. You can put your video content um, a lot of places and have success with it. And it's certainly not just YouTube that um, can get you where you want to be. It's a good advice, some advice for some, for some folks thinking about starting a channel and uh, maybe have started. What about the guys that do know like the whole YouTube platform, say they've posted videos, things aren't working, they're trying to optimize their videos. Um, what are some things that you would recommend for them to do? Yeah, um, I would say for sure, the the biggest thing on YouTube um, is, and it's so, I hate saying this, but really the biggest thing on YouTube as far as like success and organic reach is the thumbnail and title. And you've got to be, I guess you got to have high ethics as far as that goes. Um, because it, I mean, you, you clickbait works. Um, and there's several videos on YouTube. I know a channel I watch, Veritasium, did a like a scientific breakdown breakdown of um, like thumbnails and and people clicking on your videos. But you know, make that's why I wanted to get this newer camera. Is like your thumbnails are important. It's the first thing people see of your video. Um, it's something that kind of tells the whole story of the video. So thumbnails really important. Your title's really important. Um, I try to make your title somewhat interesting. You don't, I, I really hate like clickbait and then watching a 20 minute video and it not happening. So um, I wouldn't uh, advise that, I guess, but um, make your title, make your thumbnail interesting. And then the other thing, like we always talked about the hunting public is the first 30 seconds of the video is the most important. Um, people know, I mean, I, anyone who watches YouTube knows you either you know, in the first 30 seconds, like, okay, I think I'm going to like this, or you click off of it, or you just start hitting the skip button until you get something interesting. So I always try to make the first 30 seconds of my video pretty short and pretty to the point, trying to tell people what I do and then get right into the action. Um, and then just posting, um, or trying to have as high quality of video as you possibly can. I think audio is really important, trying to make sure that, you know, you can hear everybody and that, you know, there's not a bunch of wind noise. And then, you know, video, uh, like image quality or video quality itself is um, relatively important. And that's the thing um, I would say is like, now I don't think you're going to have like just posting cool content, I guess, I don't know if is necessarily going to be enough, you know, you need to set yourself apart. So whether that's really good thumbnails or an interesting title, or, um, you know, it's funny, or, you know, whatever it may be that sets you apart. Um, 
is is the way to grow. What about keywords? I'm I'm ringing these questions off because I know it's running through the listeners' heads right now. <laughs> like, yeah, tell me, Derek, ask this question. So, <laughs> um, are you talking keywords as in like tags or as in yeah? Like, what about like yeah, just a combination of the keywords for YouTube to recognize like what kind of because so YouTube if you if you have a low subscriber like counter you're not you don't have too many videos youtube doesn't know who to recommend your videos to right uh, on the browse on the feeds and things like that so um what are some good ways that they can optimize their videos using tags and words that way youtube does recognize their channel as like goose hunting or duck hunting or right coyote hunting uh what would you have to say about that yeah and that's like kind of what i was talking about with the title i always try to have a pretty generic first three or four words um you know like Missouri coyote hunt. And then like, I don't even know what my video, what my title was tonight. Um, I can probably look real quick, but I usually try to kind of tell what the video is in the first. Um, so like my, my, uh, title tonight was. Ethan, you're right. If we break down one of your videos right now, cause I got a plugin on my computer that I can see the tags even that you used. Yeah, sure. That would be fine. That'd be just, okay. fine. is that all right with you? Yeah, that's fine. Um, how do I? Do you need me to look uh, at it on my phone, or I think. Oh no, no, I can. I'll ring it off to you, and then it'll probably come to your, to come to mind. Okay, yeah. So, uh, um, so the title of your video is "Youth Hunters Double on Coyotes." Coyotes. Yeah. So. Um, well, let me click this it, video quick. Yeah, go ahead. So um, the title is youth hunters double on coyotes um and then your description is watch as is it Tlaine? yeah that's his nickname people on that Tlaine. watch his channel all the time. yeah t lane <laughs> and i go yep oh t lane yeah t lane and i go hunting or coyote hunting with lucas and levi and are able to take two coyotes um and then your tags include coyote hunting with hounds goose hunting snow goose hunting duck hunting gucci tv uh, hunting coyotes with hounds, hunting dogs, speckle belly, goose hunting, uh, goose hunting. Kind of just, uh, yeah, there's quite a few tags. But what was your uh, process of picking those tags, the description, and then also that title? Okay, so yeah, um, the title is pretty short and to the point. Um, these two kids are, like, these two hunters are youth kids i think they're 13 so that was pretty significant to me i guess and something that i think people might search a lot like you know youth hunting or i know that they're like when i was that age i might look up like youth deer hunting or whatever so i thought the youth was um pretty unique i guess um part of this video and then um hunters double on coyotes uh, as you can see i do use capitalization a lot um it's kind of become more popular um, in the YouTube space, I guess. So I try to, um, capitalize the things that I think are important. As you can see also, um, I try to match the title with my description. So, um, there's two relatively young kids holding two coyotes. So, um, it kind of tells the story all in one. Um, if you watch the video, I mean, we just call in two coyotes and they shoot it. And that's basically the video. Um, as far as the description goes, I don't ever really put a whole lot in my description as far as like what actually goes on in the videos. I personally, and this is just like what I did when I watched videos, I hardly ever read the description. Um, I usually just watch the video. So I kind of just give a real brief thing in all my videos. There might be one or two sentences. 
Um, and then as you can see on further in the description, um, I have my website that I made um, tagged there. And then I link all of our um, social medias in the uh, description. And I, I certainly think that does help. It seems like on days that I post videos that I do get some follows on that. So I just always use that space as a place for people to be able to go look at something else that um, I do. And then as far as the tags go, this is an interesting um, thing. I don't have really any advice for somebody that's starting um, a YouTube channel. However, there is a rhyme or reason about what I'm doing. If you go to the analytics portion of your YouTube channel and then you go to, let me see here, then you go to reach and I know people can't see this. So if you have a YouTube channel and you go to the channel analytics and then you go under the reach tab, if you go to the bottom right, it'll say traffic source and then YouTube search and all of the it'll basically give you a giant list of all of the things that people have searched to find your videos. And so I'm a pretty established YouTube channel now, but that is the, that is what people are searching and finding my videos as. So I always just take those once a month. Um, I take those tags and I put them into a document and then I always use those tags because I know that if people search that, that the videos are going to come up. That's why on like a coyote video, there's goose hunting. Like my top five search terms are Gucci TV, obviously, then goose hunting, duck hunting, snow goose hunting, and then coyote hunting with hounds. And like, I would never guess coyote hunting with hounds, but 4.1% of the people that come to my YouTube channel have come from coyote hunting with hounds. So that's how I found it. That's kind of a trick the hunting public told me. Um, and that's just what I've always gone with. If you're, um, just starting out, I mean, I would just suggest, um, something that's, um, pretty broad and then let YouTube kind of categorize your videos. But, you know, obviously if you're hunting, um, anything related to hunting, I would use as a tag. And then just think about like when you're on YouTube, what do you search? So that's kind of how I go, how I did it before I knew, um, knew what was going on awesome awesome now I, I appreciate you going into detail there because i know some guys uh i know i am and i i was and i still am still i always pound my head against the wall trying to figure out some of this youtube stuff but there's <laughs> it's trial and error and uh you just one one video at a time i think yeah i learned something new every single day all right. Well, I think we're going to start wrapping things up, but I, I know people are, they've listened to this entire podcast that hear me ask this question. Uh, what can we expect from you this fall? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we do have some interesting ones. Um, I am going to Arkansas. Well, we'll be teal hunting this weekend. So there should be two or three teal hunts. And then I was actually up till three in the morning yesterday and then went to class. I've met some guys from Iowa and we've been doing some thermal coyote hunting. So I've got two thermal coyote hunts that should come here pretty soon. And then, um, so thermal coyote hunting, teal hunting, and then not this weekend, but the next weekend, I'm going to Arkansas to film an alligator hunt. So I think that'll be pretty cool. And then the following weekend, I'm going to New York with a dive bomb um, to film an early season goose hunt in New York. So that's kind of the next like three weeks. Um and I've got one dove hunting video done. And then as far as like the total for the season, 
Um, I've got some deer here that I would like to get on film. So there will be some deer hunting. Um, and then I'm planning to go to Kansas for a couple days in, um, in November. And then I'm going to go to North Dakota for a week in the end of November. And then South Dakota right around Thanksgiving to pheasant hunt. And then I'm going to be in Arkansas for almost 30 days filming those guys, Speckle Belly and Snow Goose Hunt in December and January. And then I'm going to go down with a guy I met to Texas to film a crane hunt. So that's kind of like the only things I have planned. The Um, only, the only, come on. (laughs) There's a lot, yeah. And like, that's what I would tell people. None of that stuff that I can, that, that North Dakota trip is the only trip that I'm paying for. I pay for gas everywhere I go, but all of those hunts or trips that I'm going on, I'm going with somebody that either lives there and has a place for me to stay or wants some other video content made for them. So um, that's how I do a lot of my stuff is like, hey, you know, if you give me a shout out, you can come hunt or um, we've just become friends and they've let me, you know, travel and do that. So it doesn't have to be super expensive. Um, I Obviously, I pay for gas everywhere I go. Um, and sometimes I catch a hotel, but, um, I've managed to do it pretty cheaply and I'm able to, you know, go do a lot of stuff on a relatively small budget. It may not sound like it, but I can tell you that the majority of those are, um, all just people I've met that have, you know, been willing to let me come down and video on them. So awesome. Uh, what's, and lastly, what's a good way for people to get in contact with you, even though you'll be traveling around this fall, what's the best way to reach out? People are always surprised that I know I seems like you, you do a good job with your page too. Um, but I answer every Instagram DM unless it's just something that is going to infuriate me, which there has been a few, but the, I mean, 99% of the time I will answer your Instagram DM within a couple hours. So, um, my Instagram handle is Ethan Gooch, Ethan. So you can check me out on Instagram. That's probably the easiest way. If you comment on a video, I also reply to every comment on a video. Um, but yeah, Instagram DMs are the easiest way probably to get in contact with me. Um, I answer those multiple times a day. So, well, thank you. Thank you, Ethan. I respect what you're doing. love what you're doing. And uh, every time I'm watching your video, I'm, I'm rooting you on. So I <laughs> uh, wish you safe travels this fall and uh, nothing but the best for you. So absolutely. Thanks for having me on. That's going to do it for this episode of the Campus Waterfowl Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Ethan. Make sure you guys go check out his YouTube channel and give him a follow on Instagram. Uh, like you've, if you listen to this entire episode, you know he's a he's one heck of a guy. So um, this weekend for the Collegiate Waterfowl Tour, we're actually traveling south to Louisiana to Lafayette, Louisiana, to hunt with some students down there, uh, chase some teal for their teal season not we're not gonna be hunting opener but uh, a few days after but uh, those videos will be on our youtube channel here in a few days but uh other than that i am gonna end this episode and i will see you guys in the next one